must persist. When we learn any new thing like French or golf or speaking in public, we never advance steadily. We do not improve gradually. We do it by waves, by abrupt starts and sudden stops. Then we remain stationary at time or we may even slip back and lose some of the ground we have previously gained. These periods of stagnation or retrogression are well known by all psychologists. They have been named plateaus in the curve of learning. Students of effective speaking will sometimes be stalled, perhaps for weeks, on one of these plateaus. Work as hard as they may, they cannot seem to get off it. The weak ones give up in despair. Those with grit persist and they find that suddenly, almost overnight, without knowing how or why it has happened, they have made great progress. They have lifted from the plateau like an airplane. Abruptly, they have acquired a naturalness, force, and confidence in their speaking. You may always, as has been stated elsewhere, experience some fleeting fear, some shock, some nervous anxiety. The first few moments you face an audience, even the greatest musicians have felt it in spite of their innumerable public appearances. But Ruski always fidgeted nervously with his cuffs immediately before he sat down at the piano. But as soon as he began to play, all of his audience fear vanished quickly like a mist in August sunshine. His experience will be yours. If you will but persevere, you will soon eradicate everything, including this initial fear. And that will be initial fear and nothing more. After the first few sentences, you will have control of yourself. You will be speaking with positive pleasure. One time, a young man who aspired to study law wrote to Lincoln for advice. Lincoln replied, If you are resolutely determined to make a lawyer of yourself, the thing is more than half done already. Always bear in mind that your own resolution to succeed is more important than any other one thing. Lincoln knew. He had gone through it all. He had never in his entire life had more than a total of one year's schooling. And books? Lincoln once said he had walked and borrowed every book within 15 miles of his home. A log fire was usually kept going all night in the cabin. Sometimes he read by the light of that fire. There were cracks between the logs in the cabin, and Lincoln often kept the book sticking there. As soon as it was light enough to read in the morning, he rolled over on his bed of leaves, rubbed his eyes, pulled out the book, and began devouring it. He walked 20 and 30 miles to hear a speaker, and returning home, he practiced his talks everywhere, in the fields, in the woods, before the crowds gathered at Jones Grocery at Gentryville. He joined literary and debating societies in New Salem and Springfield and practiced speaking on the topics of the day. He was shy in the presence of women. When he courted Mary Todd, he used to sit in the parlor, bashful and silent, unable to find words, listening while she did the talking. Yet, that was the man who, by faithful practice and home study, made himself into the speaker who debated with the most accomplished orator of his day, Senator Douglas. This was the man who, at Gettysburg, and again in his second inaugural address, rose to heights and eloquence that have rarely 
been attained in all the annals of mankind. Small wonder that, in view of his own terrific handicaps and pitiful struggle, Lincoln wrote, If you are resolutely determined to make a lawyer out of yourself, the thing is more than half done already. An excellent picture of Abraham Lincoln hangs in the president's office in the White House. Often, when I had some matter to decide, said Theodore Roosevelt, something involved and difficult to dispose of, something where there were conflicting rights and interests, I would look up at Lincoln, try to imagine him in my place, try to figure out what he would do in the same circumstances. It may sound odd to you, but... Frankly, it seemed to make my troubles easier of solution. Why not try Roosevelt's plan? Why not if you are discouraged and feeling like giving up the fight to make a more effective speaker of yourself? Why not ask yourself what he would do under the circumstances? You know what he would do. You know what he did do. After he had beaten by Stephen A. Douglas in the race for the U.S. Senate, he admonished his followers not to give up after one or 100 defeats.